Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 39th episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Number 39. 39. Last week, we talked JoJo Rabbit. This week, we're going to talk about Ad Astra. Good movie. Yeah, def- definitely a transition. Def- definitely. You know? Like 100%. We're trying, we're trying to help you all, though. You know, we're going... We're going all over the place. Hard movie. I mean, we're going like Next a, week, like it's going to be American Pickles. So you don't, you don't never right. know where we're at. Right. You know, it's just going to... It's just how it's got to go sometimes. Sometimes it just got to... So, Ad Astra today, we're also going to talk a new segment called Pick Four, in which we picked four albums, and with those albums, we have to match them with movies. Any movie of our choosing, we just had to go based off whatever we felt, you know, based off of vibe, perhaps. Based off of vibe, perhaps mostly, based mostly off a vibe. themes. Yeah. Themes of the movies and themes of the albums. You never know with this. I mean, we, we've got we've got each our own picks for these albums, and it's going to be a fun one. And then we're going to talk about the season two premiere of Umbrella Academy, which we will be following for the next several weeks. I dig that. Yes, indeed. Packed show. It's going to be a packed, packed show. What have you been up to? Ah, uh, well, you know, last two days, not much. <laughs> not much? <laughs> no, no. No, yeah. Yeah, you know, nothing's changed for me, really. <laughs> I've uh, I've just been planning the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much went to work, came mm-hmm. back. I've not ruined my sleep schedule. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't gone to sleep through the night in a while. Man, that's right. I don't know why. It just hasn't worked out for me. I've been uh, re-watching Westworld Ooh. with uh, Trent and Keaton. I've been watching... Uh, uh, the uh, Sopranos, I finished season one. Oh. I've heard that after season one, especially, it picks up. Like, season yeah. one was great, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but, like, it was like, they definitely felt like that was establishing who the characters yeah. are, and then after that, it's just, yeah. it just goes crazy. That's what it kind of, that's what it kind of felt like, too, is it's a good show. Like, if you ever just want to, like, try something, just, just, you're gonna, just watch that first episode, and you're gonna be like, uh-huh, it's nothing okay. too bad. All right. <laughs> All right. One thing I've heard about the first episode of that show in particular is that, uh, they had Tony Soprano wearing a fat suit, and it seems terribly obvious that he's wearing a fat suit compared to the next several episodes. Oh wow! I I thought about that though because I, I've definitely looked at the at the dude and been like, he looks like he's like, his weight is just like all over the place. Fluctuating. It's because it's because he was like, uh, for the first couple seasons, he mm-hmm. wore a fat suit, and then they got to a. He got to a point where, like, one day he came on set for, like, season three, and they were like, we don't need you to wear the fat suit anymore. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Which is just, like, imagine. Like, you've been wearing yeah. a fat suit every day. He's like, all right, I'm here to get my fat suit. And they're like, ah, you don't <laughs> you, you don't need it today, buddy. You're good. Man, I, I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's just how age goes. <laughs> it is, it is. So we got a good show today. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, leave us a rate, review, comment, anything, as long as it's good on the uh, Apple Podcast page, because that'll yeah. help us grow. Yeah, definitely. Share us with a friend. Please. 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 Pretty please. We just hit our uh, thousandth download the other day. Where were we at, like, before? Before what? Like, uh, we put out the other episodes. Do you know? So, like, since we, like, came back? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've... I think we're, I don't know exactly, uh, but we were gaining some downloads while we were on our hiatus too. Really? Yeah. Interesting. We were get, we, we were still getting, like, because we took four months off and we got, we jumped in downloads in that time. Okay. So, even when we're not doing much promotion, even when we're not <laughs> putting out episodes very often, we're still getting some clicks. And yeah. I think that's cool. So, uh, yeah, leave us a rate and review. Enjoy the show. Roll that tape. To the Penny Bloom Podcast Ain't another place that has got more bombast Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast Talking everything that make you sad We don't want that We're here to make you smile Put your mind at ease Peace, love, and bloom And always praise Keanu Reeves This what we about Get some weed and now We'll talk until we can't no more And then we peace and out Alright, let's go Penny Bloom Podcast It's the Penny Bloom Podcast Penny Bloom Podcast Let's start with Ad Astra. Overall, give me your feelings on this movie. It was it was good. I I, I enjoyed that. I watched it. Um, it was 
like I don't know how to explain it. It was one of those movies that you really just got to get into the the vibe of like the, the, the what, what the message is. Like, yeah. Just trying to get down like sort of like where are they taking me? Mm-hmm. Um, because like when I started it, I was just kind of like, what kind of like world are we living in? Yeah. It seemed, it's, it's just capitalism expanded into space. Yeah. No, that's literally it. Capitalism, militarism. Like I was just like, this is like. I, I get what this is. This is like almost like a dystopian version of the future, basically, yeah. wherein like the the human the human spirit of adventure just continues to uh, like run wild unchecked and uh, causes a bunch of other problems. And absolutely, and one of the problems that is exemplified in the movie is that Ruth Nega's character, where she's like, I remember Earth. Mm-hmm. I was there once when I was a child. Yeah, right. She's lived on Mars ever since. <laughs> and I mean, like, cool if they'd, like, civilized Mars. Mm-hmm. It's just, She's lived on in a military base yeah, right. for her whole life. Yeah. That's devastating. That, that is <laughs> sad. That's saddening. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, it's, you know, I guess you got to pay the price to, to be the... Uh, a, a child of Mars, yeah, <laughs> a child of Mars. I don't fucking know, but kind of dope though. If you could go, if you could like call yourself a I, child of that Mars. That shit about the the blanket though, like the hundred and twenty five dollar blanket, that was some bullshit. I'm like, yo, if oh, this is where dude, the world where he's gets. like, can I get a uh, can I get a pillow and blanket for this flight to the moon? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, uh, yes, that'll be one hundred and twenty five dollars. He's like, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> he's like, yeah, for sure, I got you. <laughs> like. I know he was flying commercially on that. Okay, we'll get to it later. I'm going to give you a little bit of a summary of this movie, all right? In the near future, massive power surges start having devastating consequences around Earth. Astronaut Roy McBride is informed that his father, renowned astronaut Clifford McBride, may still be alive after previously heading out into space for the Lima Project, which was meant to detect other intelligent life. Roy is tasked with finding Clifford, and after the Lima... Roy is tasked with finding Clifford after the Lima base was detected on Neptune. So, he's headed out to Neptune. In theory. In theory. Roy joins a crew on... uh, Fucking A. I cannot read. (laughs) Roy joins a crew to to a base on Mars so that he may send messages to Neptune in an attempt to communicate with Clifford. He has taken off the mission when he tries to appeal to Clifford emotionally. The base's director, Helen Lantos, Ruth Nega, shows Roy a video that reveals Clifford went mad on the base and killed his crew after they mutinied and tried to go back to earth that footage was devastating yeah that was because up to that point he'd had this idea that his dad was a hero uh-huh. he went out looking for intelligent life then he sees this video where his dad had lost his mind it yeah. was basically like you know they wanted to head back they wanted to give up but i couldn't let that happen <laughs> and i was like oh my god He's like, so i killed them all innocent and guilty and i was like yeah, he was like you know so i took him out innocent along with the guilty and i was like i was like wait a minute what i mean either way you shouldn't just like let these people float off into space but i mean (laughs) you just lost your fucking mind man (laughs) roy gets on the ship heading to neptune and the crew gets killed as they try to detain him that was a scene that was kind of rough too yeah where he was he snuck onto the ship and then was like they well, what was dumb is they were like apprehend him no matter what. We're about to take off. Yeah, that was sit in your fucking just, seat. I don't know. Wait until you're in that, space, then think, take this man out. I think that that is kind of just a reflection of like how they like Bl- blindly follow orders. Yeah, the the, the control factor that's out, that's present there. Like they're they're still like even though they're astronauts, they're still in the military. Yeah, you're expendable to the people <clears throat> above you. Yeah, a human sacrifice ritual. One might say. One might say. Or a shirt might say that I have. (laughs) Roy makes it to Neptune and finds the Lima base, which he plans to destroy with a nuclear payload. He finds Clifford, who still hasn't given up hope that the project could be a success. As they try to head back, Clifford instead chooses death by drifting away from Roy into space. Roy carries on and destroys the Lima base, which helps him get back home. Roy concludes that humans are the only intelligent life and inspires him to stay connected to those closest to him, including his wife Eve. That was his wife? I can't remember if it was his ex-wife or his wife. Okay. At one point, they were married. Okay, yeah. I at the very I least. Kind of figured. That was, uh, I, don't, I, I didn't really like that. That it, it was like it was almost necessary that they have, like, oh, the long-lost relationship that he fucked up. Like, okay, like, yeah, but, like, it was, it was so cliche how they presented it. Like, well, and I, it wouldn't have been as cliche if, like, that had been a more relevant part of the movie. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you knew this guy was sad. Yeah. Like he he was focused. To ter- like that was a big part of it. His psych evaluations. Mm-hmm. They, he was like, I'm focused. I'm driven on my goal. I'm not focused on anything else. Yeah. And that was his problem. He just pushed all his shit down. And didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. And then you know, if if we would have seen that he was like at least torn up about choosing, basically choosing work over his wife. Yeah. But it didn't seem like that at all throughout no. any part of the movie. You couldn't really read him, though. That was kind of the issue. That was that was also part of the point. Yeah, yeah, is definitely. That this man was supposed to be impossible to read. Had, did, did you ever watch um, Arrival? I did not. I want. I want to talk about we, that. On we the should. Podcast, now, I'm, now I'm saying it. We should. We should maybe watch one of the, that movie soon. But um, that they they do it. They do something similar to that in that movie. But it's like it's very very connected to the central like plot to, to the yeah like to like the point of the movie like. Because they have like you know like these flashbacks that are just unexplained, and you're like, oh, you know, you mm-hmm. lost somebody. Oh, you're sad about it, and it, like you never like talk about it or whatever. And we just kind of get these glimpses, but like it was like actually very integral to the story uh, that those were there. But this one, it felt kind of just like felt secondary. Secondary, yeah, definitely. I guess the point, or one of the points of the movie, was like to show how much this journey had changed him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he went through intense <clears throat> isolation, which we hadn't. I hadn't yeah. really taken into factor just now when I was talking about that. He was alone for months, mm-hmm. going absolutely yeah. insane. And in I think I think that's kind of the central question of the movie: is Are we alone? Like that's just like the 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 question yeah. that the movie is trying to answer. Um, in terms of just like uh, what I think thematically the movie was doing, I think um, what it was. I'll, I'll just I'll just read what I wrote. I was like. I was like, <laughs> is that how you started? No. Oh, I was going to say, if you literally wrote, I was like, I'm going to love it. Uh, no, I said, uh, ultimately at Astra, uh, which means to the stars. Yeah. In Latin. Uh, yeah. Attempts to bridge the gap between reality and the unknown. It exposes the dangers of the unquenchable thirst for, thirst for discovery and expansion. Roy McBride, the pseudo passive observer of the ramifications of militarism and capitalism combined with globalism. Um, takes these elements and uh, allows them to be abstracted throughout the movie into concrete events, including uh, space pirates, moon tourism, and generally organizational manipulation. Um, All for the sake of discovery. I believe that the film offers a twofold response to the central question of are we alone? Those being no, because yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because yes. That was an extremely... Um, but good, yeah, I, good I, analysis of the movie. You pretty much covered it all right there. Yeah, that's what I, I was just like. This is like it seems like there was like a very central like message to and it. concise message. Yeah, to what and they they, were they doing. got it across mm-hmm. very well, very very oh, yeah. well. No, very well because like props it, to James Gray, the writer and director of this movie. Yeah, it, it's all about like like when we go to space, like what it is, what is it actually going to look like, like like the space pirates thing I think was probably my favorite part of the movie I'm not gonna lie oh dude the space pirate thing where he shot the driver straight through the yeah. straight through the face yeah I was like fuck that's what like cause that's pretty early that was the on. most intense action scene of the movie oh, it, was. it was and it was uh, one of my favorite space scenes like of any movie and I'm exactly. a fucking huge fan of Star yeah, Wars like, so that's just, saying something you're just watching that like this is dope cause oh, they're dude, dealing with ass. zero like the, they're dealing with moon gravity like mm-hmm. I'm like this is like super cool super super cool uh, yeah, I was listening to a, a podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson on it. It was called a uh, Smartless, and he was a uh, oh shit, can't remember what I was gonna where I was going with that. Never fucking mind. <laughs> that sucks. Oh my god, you were yeah. just talking about it. My bad. Happens. <laughs> it does. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that um, the the. The weekend. Oh, I got it. I got it back. I got it back. What Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about. Okay, we were talking about. Uh, you're saying how you're wondering what it looks like when we actually go to space mm-hmm. and whatever. And he was talking about how we won't go to the moon and we won't go to Mars until there is capital to be made. Yeah. Yep. He's like, until a different country goes, we're going to build a military base on Mars. Mm-hmm. Then America will get to Mars in six months. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. that's just, and he was like, I'm certain of it. Like, that's exactly how it would go. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a very smart man. <laughs> he's like, he's like, as soon as one country goes, you know what, fuck it. There's, this is what we're going to do. There's no incentive. There's no, there's no, like, it's like money is what pushes people to literally move. Like, it is. to wake I, up in the morning and to go do something, there has to be, like, there's usually a motive behind it. And, like, 
it works the same way with the government. Like the government's not going to move until there's money involved. Yeah. Or or risk involved. I guess the risk of the risk of losing um, money. Money. Yeah, <laughs> the money. risk of losing money. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make a move too. Not not people. Send all the kids back to school. Send all the kids back <laughs> to school. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I. I think the movie conveyed uh, exactly what the expansion into space would probably oh, yeah. be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it, it would, it would liter- the only things that would motivate us to go out there <clears throat> are military and capitalism. Mm-hmm. That's it. And also another interesting thing about that is that it, it, the one of the biggest or the first things that they talk about is like the space pirates. And it's like crime quite literally follows like the exploitation of land. Like yeah. when someone is goes, hey, this is mine. Somebody else goes, hey, I'm gonna do whatever I want here. <laughs> like, exactly. it, it, like it doesn't even matter if it's on the fucking moon. They will build the rovers. They will get the suits, and they will. I don't. I wonder, like, where these people live. Like, I was, they can't I was have housing developments on the moon. Well, fuck if I know. Fuck. What if they're just like lo- right. lounging <laughs> around in their fucking spaceships? <laughs> <laughs> they live on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it, it was a good movie. It was. I think the. Uh, what what keeps Interstellar you know above this for me is two the there's vi- one the visuals and two um, the science the science is completely bullshit in this movie like oh, it doesn't yeah. make any sense it doesn't at all. make sense like he goes I'm gonna blow this nuke up and then the nuke It'll is gonna launch, me launch from me Neptune to Earth billions of miles two point something billion miles what <laughs> this explosion will propel I mean zero g I, I therefore there is. It, He'll, there is no uh, inertia, uh, yeah, yeah, or infinite inertia. I don't know which one it would be because he'd never stop mm-hmm. because there's nothing resisting him. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, eventually he'd probably get there. But I mean, I I just I tend to believe he would have blown up in the explosion before he just got oh, yeah. propelled. That man was like <laughs> across the universe, surrounded in that fucking. Light. I know. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't. It was Doesn't cool that that's what we were sense. seeing at the beginning of the movie, though, where he was, like, shaking and like, oh, yeah. saw lights flashing over uh-huh. his face and stuff, and that's what we were viewing. We yeah. didn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. I dug that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, also, like, the, it, it was weird, like, how they had the ranks and stuff set up, I feel like. Like, um, I felt like Brad Pitt's character always, like, was a, he was, like, super afraid of, like, doing things and like at, for at first i didn't even think he could fly the sh- the 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 um spacecrafts so i was like oh because he was like are you gonna do something yeah right i was just like can you can does he know how to fly like why is he here like what is his job well there was the he was on a secret mission and he had to board with those people mm-hmm. and he couldn't tell well, them what he was doing but if he took control of the aircraft then he would have had to tell them yeah oh, okay so when he did take it he was like I trust you know why I did that. Because <laughs> you bitched the fuck out. <laughs> I trust you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it was... it was. I mean, it would be horrifying, don't get me wrong. Oh, but you're an be. astronaut. Yeah, <laughs> right. Come on, man. I want to know, like, is is he, like, a engineer? Is he a scientist? I couldn't really figure that out. I couldn't figure out, like, why he knew how why to do Why he's the one everything. going to space. Yeah, well, but, like, how this person just knows... How to travel the the universe alone? Like I don't think anyone can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was interesting. It was certainly interesting, and that that is part of, part of why the science is. Probably and also, a he wasn't even that good of a like fighter or anything. Like he was, I guess, a little like you know he was savvy or whatever with the. But like he won he a lot a of fights. Man, he know? won a lot of fights. <laughs> he did for sure. But he did not get fucked up at all. Defeated like, defeated a wild space monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was nothing. I was like, "Ooh, this is." I mean, everyone else got absolutely torn apart. Absolutely, just demolished. I was like, "Yeah, the space monkeys thing was uh, that was weird." Though I was like, "Is this like the big? Is this what's causing the? uh, (laughs) This what's causing the the the, fucking electrical explosion?" Yeah, I was like, "Space monkeys." (laughs) (laughs) Like, did you see my text that I sent you in the middle of watching? I was like. So, a fucking monkey? <laughs> a fucking monkey? Like, yeah, I don't know. That was uh, weird. And then I was like, wait, is that them being like, oh, there is intelligent life out there? And I'm like, no. No, they just... And then he was like, they all got attacked by a test monkey that we sent to space. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Yeah, that was a... I did not expect that at I, all. I certainly didn't. <laughs> and that was how the captain died. 
He answered yeah. a distress yeah, call, literally, and then got bodied by a monkey. <laughs> just comes in there, monkey's just shit. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's about that time to go to work. It, it is. I'd be getting ready for work at this time if I had work. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it was a solid movie. Yeah. No, it was. I I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, Want to get to the uh, rating scale? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So reminder. The way we do our rating scale, we have a comedy section, an action section, a plot section, a visuals section, an emotion section, and a cast and crew section. We give them a rating out of 10 in each of those categories. We combine them, we divide them by six, and that's our total. So, not much comedy in this movie. No, no, not funny at all. Don't go to it if you want to laugh. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't even... I don't even think there was an attempt at a joke. I don't... <laughs> I don't think so either. I think I think the funniest <laughs> part of the movie was Natasha Leone randomly showing up on Mars. <laughs> That's just because Natasha Leone's a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. I love that woman. Uh, so, on a scale of cats to ten, <laughs> we got comedy. Cats... Jack and Jill, Not Another Teen Movie, School of Rock, Anchorman, Scary Movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, Sorry to Bother You, Elf, and Friday. On a scale of Cats to Friday, where does Ad Astra fall in comedy? You know, just going to have 1.5. Like just above Cats. Just above Cats. It's it's funnier than Cats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not but, even an attempt at a joke, and it's funnier than yeah. Cats. <laughs> um, not quite as funny as, uh, what's our two? Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Yeah. With Adam Sandler. <laughs> As both Jack and Jill. As both Jack and Jill. <laughs> Not quite that funny. <laughs> uh, and uh, compared to last week's Jojo Rabbit, quite worse. Oh, in six terms points of down in, in comedy. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean, it's not a comedy movie. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. The action in this movie. When it came in, when it came up, it was intense. It, it was. It was just mediocre as a result because, you know, it, it was when it came up. It was, yeah. other than that, it was just kind of this dude brooding and it was kind of portrayed <laughs> as an action movie like that's yeah. what i was expecting mm-hmm. from it and then there was like two or three action scenes mm-hmm. maybe three yeah that's what that's what a lot of uh critics critique the trailer for because the trailer is like oh fucking ad astra fucking explosions fucking fights like it's getting crazy <laughs> up in here <laughs> and then they get to the movie and they're like brad pitt's just been crying for the past hour <laughs> 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 Brad Pitt sat in space. (laughs) (laughs) Alternate title. (laughs) (laughs) But still, when the action scenes came up, they were good. Like, we we talked about the pirate scene, and we talked about Space Monkey. (laughs) Yeah. But that still, it it puts it somewhere in the middle for me. Yeah, yeah. On a scale of Cats to Ten, we got Cats, Transformers Age of Extinction, Chappie, Tokyo Drift, Suicide Squad, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, John Wick, The Matrix, Born Identity, and The Dark Knight. And obviously, 7 through 10 is a pretty tough, tough card to beat. Gonna, it's going to be hard to crack that, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we, we throw this at about 5.5? 5.5, yeah. Just right somewhere, there. somewhere between Suicide Squad and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Because we're at <laughs> Astro Falls for uh, action. <laughs> Moving on. To emotion. This one hit when mm-hmm. it hit. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they had a message, and they were going to get it through. It was, uh, I mean, the part where his dad let go. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck. I, did not ex- I didn't think he was going to do me. that. But, and know, and goes also goes. the part where he learns his dad's uh, kind of lost it. Yeah, yeah. He's, that that yeah. tore me up a little bit. Yeah. On a scale of cats to ten. Cats, Life Itself, The Spectacular Now, High School Musical 3, American Honey, The Fault in Our Stores, 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 the Fault in Our Stores, stores. The Fault in Our Stores, <laughs> A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Bridge to Terabithia, Boys in the Hood, Fruitvale Station. On a scale of Cats to Fruitvale Station, where does Ad Astra fall in emotion? We got a we got a solid eight on this one. You know, That's it's, a high it's one. Up there. It's That's up high. there. That, that ranks higher than Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. No, it hit harder than Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit had that one. It just really had that one. Scene. It was all built around that one scene. But this one, it, it had at least a couple where you were like, this man's really going through it. Oh, dude. And the entire time, that man was just fucking depressed. Depressed. So we put it on the same level as Bridge to Tear Abithia. At an eight. At an eight. Visual aesthetic. 
I really enjoyed the visuals in this movie. Yeah, they were they were cool. They were definitely and cool. And the, the thing that holds it back a little bit is that it's just it's just not it's not Interstellar. Mm-mm. And if you're going to space, shit's got to be as pretty as Interstellar. It's got to. <laughs> I'm sorry, they set the bar. I don't make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so on a scale of cats to ten, we got Cats, Fantastic Four, the one from the '90s, X Men, and Glorious Bastards, Thor Ragnarok, mid '90s, Guava Island, La La Land, and Interstellar and Parasite. Where from Cats? To Parasite, does Ad Astra fall for visual aesthetic? Not quite as good as La La Land, but definitely better than. Uh, I mean, um, the shit was just so much Guava bigger Island. than Guava Island. Yeah, it was, it was it was bigger than Guava Island. That's, that's ultimately how that cracked down. But La La Land was a was you know it, it, that one. I feel like they the visuals, made the they visuals made a are more the reason I watched that movie. Yeah, right. They made a mem- more memorable use of it. But it's like with this one, it was still like you know. You remember that it was cool or whatever, but it wasn't integral to like the like you're you're enjoying the movie. For show, for show. So, for visual aesthetic, it falls at a seven point five, somewhere between Guava Island and La La Land. I love the way we rank these movies. That's such yeah. a fucking random <laughs> thing to say. Ad Astra, I don't know. In terms of visual aesthetic, it's somewhere between La La Land and uh, Guava Island. <laughs> How do you even come to that? I love yeah, this. I don't know. <laughs> In terms of plot, I liked the plot. It was concise, straight to the point. He was, was going to look for his dad. There was a few twists in there yeah. about his dad being a psychopath. His dad then committing suicide and drifting off into space. Yeah. That was intense. That's so just like, can you imagine? Oh, like my my dad cutting himself loose? Well, no, just drift, drifting off into space. Like, oh, Is there a more God. depressing way to die? Especially, like, it's almost better... To not be wearing a spacesuit, because now you're just gonna starve, drifting yeah. off into space. Yeah, I'd almost rather freeze right then and there. I just God, space is scary. Space is horrifying. Yeah, I was looking up at the moon last night, and I was like, and obviously this is after watching Ad Astra, so I'm <laughs> thinking about space and shit, yeah. and I'm like, people have been on that. People. In there, <laughs> it's so weird. It like, weird. just like it, look at it. It's this yeah. tiny little circle in the fucking sky. Yeah. There, there are people who have been on that thing. Yeah, that's crazy. It's fucking. That's wild. absurd. Space is fucking wild. It's fucking wild. I liked the way that the uh, the storylines of his father and Roy paralleled each other. Oh yeah, the way Roy's focus and his drive and his mission was to find his father. And to get his father to come home. Mm-hmm. He eventually had to let that go because his dad was too far gone. Yeah. There was no hope. Yeah. Which is depressing. And his dad went out to look for intelligent life in the universe. That was his drive. That was his focus. He didn't care about anything else. He yeah. says that to Roy. Yeah. He's like, I never gave a shit about you or your mom. I cared about finding aliens. Yeah. Which, unless... He has any other job, he's a fucking psychopath. Oh yeah, but it, <laughs> it shows it shows what it's like for someone to be it's that blind fanaticism again. It's like it is. it's literally like Roy is this person who's all about the rules, who's all about doing it right, who's all about the objective. And that's how his father was too, and that I think he appreciated that he got that from his father, but then he realized the extremes to which that could bring him, which yeah. was giving absolutely zero fucks about people. Absolutely. So eventually his father also was forced to give up on finding aliens when he just drifted off into space, even though there was no hope in him finding aliens. They'd already no done hope. everything, said there's no un- there's no intelligent life out there, man. Yeah. And he's like, fuck it, man. I'm going to go to a different universe. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, bro. Good luck. So in terms of plot, on a scale... Cats to ten. Cats, Behaving Badly, Paranormal Activity, The Rise of Skywalker, I, Tanya, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Breakfast Club, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Moonlight and Blind Spotting. Where does it fall? Cats to Blind Spotting in terms of plot. Uh, we put it right on par with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We did. We did. I wanted to go higher than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You wanted to go lower, so we just met right there in the middle. Yep. We were like, you know what? That's probably fair. Solid six. Yeah. and you know, I mean, it's hard to get... Like we've said, it's hard to get higher on yeah, our lists because the way I look at it is like almost on all of these, 10, 9, 8 could all be 10s. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, just, yeah. it's just how it works in it's, like almost all the categories. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so when we do get those movies, it's going to be fucking exciting. Oh, yeah. It's going to be exciting to talk about them. But, yeah, we put it right on par with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, giving it a 6 out of 10 in terms of plot. Last but not least, cast and crew. Not much to be said here. No. I mean, you got Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. That's kick-ass. Great combo right there. Mm-hmm. The uh, director, James Gray, he's done some other stuff, but not enough to go, oh, shit, this needs to be above Pulp Fiction with right. Quentin Tarantino, John Travolta, and Samuel L. Jackson, which we have at our seven. Yeah. So that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. And, I mean, you also had a Natasha Leone appearance, which for me is basically a 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to be fair. on a scale of cats to 10 we've got cats incredible hulk straight out of compton rush hour the amazing spider-man 2 pulp fiction iron man 2 american hustle oceans 11 and wolf of wall street on a scale of cats to wolf of wall street how does the cast and crew fare solid 5.5 solid 5.5 falling right between the amazing spider-man 2 and pulp fiction also where Jojo Rabbit fell, and I have a feeling a lot more movies will fall in that gap because it's quite wide. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's it, where, where's, where's that gap? Where, where, where are the, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> uh, it's going to be like, well, it's better than Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, not quite as good as Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson and John Travolta. And Quentin Tarantino. And Uma Thurman. <laughs> That's our seven. <laughs> We might have to revise that. We will. We'll, we will. I mean, <laughs> but I don't know. I kind of like it. Uh, I kind of like it this way. But, you know. We'll... Now, we gave The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because it also had Jamie Foxx. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. Jamie. So, fell out a 5.5 right there on par with Jojo Rabbit just like last week. So, we add it all up. We divide it by 6. It comes to five and two-thirds, which we round up here on the Penny Bloom podcast. It becomes a six out of ten. Exactly what JoJo Rabbit was. Exactly what JoJo Rabbit was. I mean, JoJo Rabbit Kinda. was like 0.2% higher. Yeah. But. I would say JoJo Rabbit on, on like, you know, on whole was probably a slightly more entertaining movie. I, I, I have more fun watching JoJo yeah. Rabbit than I do at Astro. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's a comedy movie. Yeah, right. You know, you're going to have more fun watching a comedy than you are any other movie. Exactly. It's just. I mean, depending. <laughs> Some good-ass movies out there, though. They're fun and aren't comedy. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, we strongly recommend Ad Astra. As we've said before, we're grading on a, we're grading on a curve here, you know. You get a 6 out of 10, you got an A here. Yeah. You know, we like movies. <laughs> we like them all, pretty much, or I do anyway. So, uh, yeah. Move on to pick four. Sounds good. Next segment. We're going to try a new segment calling it pick four in which we picked four albums we are going to match them to movies of our choice be it in terms of vibes be it in terms of themes uh if you felt like this movie and this album go together we put it all right we put it that's how we do things the way we want yeah. it's kind of it's kind of our thing kind of the essence of this whole thing i mean it's kind of the essence of anybody's podcast they're doing what they want to do. Hopefully. Hopefully. If you're not, then, like, why are you doing Sorry. the podcast? Yeah. Sorry. Sucks. Yeah. That's, that's too bad. Yeah. It's just like, at that point, why are you even talking about it? <laughs> if you don't, don't want to be <laughs> yeah, there. Just, like, just, like, just, just like turn off it. the microphone. You know, like, oh. you're just not even, are you even a person anymore? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, our four albums. We got Flower Boy by Tyler, the creator. You know me and Tav. We love us some Tyler. We got Circles by Mac Miller. You know me and Tav. We love us some Mac Miller. We got Graduation. You you know me and Tavares. There's a Kanye West out there somewhere. We got I.I. <laughs> There's a... We got I.I. by Bon Iver, which Bon Iver is undefeated. Like, fucking, un, yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah. So, Flower Boy by Tyler, the creator. What movie do you feel fits best with this album? It took me a minute, but I ended up deciding that uh, it has to be dope. 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 I haven't watched that movie in a minute. Me either. It's not on anything, but, like, God, that's a, that's a good I mean, that's set in L.A., right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just what Flower Boy evokes. I swear, and, it, and it's just West like this, Coast, this just, I, like, this, vibrancy. This idea of just kind of like the... Uh, the the teenagers who just kind of are out there, you know, like they just you're just out there in the world, just 
feeling it. Just, just doing living. what you want. Just living. Just living. And, and, that's the, and that's the feeling Flower Boy gives you. That's that's definitely the feeling Flower Boy gives you. And Dope is even even more so because it's like they get themselves in a pretty sticky situation. Pretty that sticky. They have to, involving Dope. Involving Dope. And then they have to get themselves out of it. And they're all the all the while just, you know, three vibin'. high school students. <laughs> vibing. <laughs> vibing. Just vibing. That's a good they choice. They meet ASAP Rocky. They do meet ASAP Rocky. I haven't seen that movie in a minute. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. That's a good one. Though. And that has Shameek Moore in it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that was his first big movie that I remember. Him. Yeah. And then he was uh, Miles Morales in End of the Spider-Verse. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And he was in Wu-Tang. Yes, he was. Dude's had a solid career. He Dude. was also in a show called The Get Down on Netflix, yeah, which yeah. got canceled way too prematurely. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Fucking about. phenomenal. I'm not going to lie. I also has Jaden Smith in it. I tried to watch part one, and it just was too slow. Too slow. I I I didn't know what the what I was watching. Like I was just like That's I fair. expected to be watching like, and and my my review of it different than what I was what I was getting in the first part. I I watched it in like uh, 2016 when I was uh I was uh, fresh off surgery on painkillers and I really liked the show. So mm-hmm. take my uh, <laughs> take my review with a grain of salt, people. <laughs> I was enjoying everything at that yeah, point. Yeah. My pick for Flower Boy was Ingrid Goes West, starring Aubrey Plaza and O'Shea Jackson Jr. and uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, Olsen, I want to say is her name. She plays Scarlet Witch. Can't remember. I can't remember at the moment, but I feel like that's right. I don't know why. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds sure. weirdly off, though. But, yeah, the, in a similar vein as yours, uh, it, it's West Coast, <laughs> West Los Coast. Angeles. It's... Extre- it's just vibes out the ass. Yeah, it's just <laughs> free, free wheeling, free feeling. It really is, and uh, one of the themes of Flower Boy, obviously, is that he's uh, Elizabeth Olsen. I was right. He's a uh, pretty lonely guy, Tyler. I mean, nine one one, Mister Lonely. Boredom. Boredom. Boredom's got a new best friend. And I mean, one of the uh, one of the themes of Ingrid Goes West, it seems, is that Ingrid is. She's incredibly lonely as well. Yeah. She's a little obsessive. That's that's a little bit more. Probably because she's lonely. Yeah, exactly why. And so, and combined with the fact that Ingrid's going west and stuff, I was like, mm-hmm. west, that Los Angeles just reminds me of Flower Boy, Tyler, the oh, creator, yeah. the visuals. Yeah. The, I, t- I said this earlier, the vibrancy of it, everything's mm-hmm. so beautiful and bright yeah. in the movie. And uh, on the surface, Flower Boy, none of the songs sound sad. Yeah. But then you listen to what he's saying. And right, he's right. And it's and like. That's, that's what one of the Elizabeth Olsen's character in this movie specifically, her she's like a social media influencer. Her life seems fantastic. Mm-hmm. She seems like she has it all together. And then like you get into it and she's just she's not she's just not doing well. Yeah. You know, and that's. And I think that's, that's, the, that's kind of the ethic of a lot of the uh, Flower Boy-esque stuff that, that we lot, see. There's like, a lot it, of stuff it, that can relate to Flower Boy. Because it's like I listen to I listen to the album and although it's a. Uh, on face a happy sounding album like you're like it's also very emotionally layered like it's like not at all a, a, a simple sort of oh no. let's just be happy right with the windows down like it's not like, at all it's like we're gonna vibe out but no like <laughs> this vibe out is to stop that depression <laughs> y'all, y'all gonna cry this one out all right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah flower boy for me ingrid goes west flower boy for tav dope it's a couple of good movies all those go together really well. They do. They do. Feel, feel right to me. Yeah. Now on to uh, Circles by Mac Miller. What was your pick? I, I don't know why, and it's going to be difficult to explain, but Baby Driver was the way that I went for I was intrigued by circles. this. Circles. It, 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 something about the way that they introduced music in that movie, is a, it just reminded me sort of of the the vibes that Circles gives me, which is like... Kind of this, like, I don't know, like, I feel like the the music that he listens to is always, like, very specifically placed. Like, he's he's always listening to it. Like, he, he knows what song he wants to play, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But it's, like, with with Circles, like, it brings me, like, a lot of, like, happiness and sadness. Yeah. And so it's, like, I always want to listen to those songs. That's, that, that's why I chose Before We Go, too. Yeah. <laughs> Because it, it's bittersweet as hell. Yeah, bittersweet, yeah. The the thing I was trying to tell... Oh, I, my movie was Before We Go, <laughs> <laughs> starring Chris Evans. Because uh, that movie has... Was that... 
was that like the in- indie film that he did? Yes, and the he, one where he was—he's like, in the train station. He plays the—I uh, can't remember. Oh, if he, I've seen that. Yeah, no, I really that's fuck a with that really good I re- movie. I really enjoy that movie, and it reminds me of this a lot because the the highs in that movie, the happy moments are really fucking happy, and yeah. you really love it, and you feel like this is it, you know? Yeah. And then the ending comes around, and it's 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 sad, but it, it was the ending. You yeah, know? yeah, and like that's that's how I feel about circles. You yeah. know, it it was I it didn't was want I didn't want this yeah. to be the end. Right, right. You know, obviously, yeah, for different reasons than before we go, <laughs> but uh, it was just devastating. Like circles is the most bittersweet album that exists for oh, me. Yeah, and before we go, just has that feel all over it. They feel like they've come to a point of peace by the end of the movie, which mm-hmm. I like to I like to think Mac Miller has found peace. <laughs> uh, but it's they they. Sp- they go their separate ways. Right. And that it's just like, damn, I didn't want that. What a shame. So but that's why Circles reminds me of uh, Before We Go. That's 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 fair. So we both are just kind of like Circles equals slightly depressing. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Slightly depressing. Yeah. <laughs> slightly depressing, bittersweet, same thing. <laughs> Next up, Graduation by Kanye West. This is probably the easiest one. Oh, 100%. We both just picked high school movies. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, huh, what's a movie where you're graduating? In which people graduating? are going to graduate. <laughs> uh, go with yours. Without further ado, Mac and Devin go to high school. Amen. Had to. You just could not. I thought about it, but I was like, you know what? If we do this again and we go with like a Wiz Khalifa album, I have no doubt I'm going to want to cite this one. That's true. I, uh, maybe I'll just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... It's a good choice. It's a good choice. It's yeah. a good choice because I mean, high school, the gra- graduation, like that's what that album takes you to. It's, yeah, it's high school. Definitely, yeah, it's high school. I went with uh, Book Smart, and uh, another thing that our movies have in common is a couple of couple of people in high school do do drugs and do drugs party, and then they're in high school. Then they're yeah. <laughs> that's and that's what Book Smart. I mean, Book Smart. I mean, it's got it's they're not weed dealers at the beginning or anything. They're uh, they're just really, really good kids, and then they they, they party. They, yeah. they they do one they night party. The they get arrested. Stuff. They shit happens. Damn, I need to watch that movie. Oh, dude, it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> one of my favorite comedies in a, in a while. Yeah, but uh, it just every time I watch it, it reminds me of uh of this album it, specifically. I don't know why. Champion. Champion. Do you realize that you are a champion? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I did. So I packed it up and brought it back to the crib. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just—it really does, and I have no no clue why. It makes me think of a uh, good morning. Good morning. Ooh. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Good morning. I love that album, though. Yeah. Now, graduation it was for a lot. I think it probably still has to be my favorite Kanye. Oh, it's my favorite Kanye it album. Just, I know that for a fact. It was just—I don't know. That one just stuck with me. It, it hits in a nostalgia. It hits a nostalgia that right. few things do. And Mac and Devin is honestly a pretty nostalgic movie for me at this point too. Like uh, yeah. it's like that's it's like I listen Snoop to Young Dogg Wild and, and Wiz Khalifa. I listened to Young Wild and Young Free Wild the other night. Bro, like think about that. Like that movie is like honestly like, like stoners forever gonna be like yo you, you see Mac you remember and Devin that go to high school <laughs> like I know you've seen the Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa movie especially stoners our age. We watched them when yeah. we were like twelve or thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. definitely. I was far too young to watch it. I, oh, one hundred percent. I watched it. There's like I did. There's a scene with like an orgy, <laughs> briefly. Is there? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's a sex scene in which there's there a is. lot of there people having sex. There definitely is a sex, sex scene. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just. May, I, are you thinking about? Sorry to bother you. Yeah, I am. There, there was the scene where they were in the. Um, uh, like that, like, I don't know what to call it. The lighting brothel. was all colorful and shit. Mm-hmm. I can see it in my mind. Yeah, they're in, like, the brothel or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they get, like, the cops come. But, yeah, there I was I watched a, that movie in years. There was a massive it. orgy sex scene, and sorry to bother you. That's right. That's right. Of course. Of yeah, course. Actually, I won't tell that story, but, <laughs> <laughs> it, but was, yeah. it was pretty ironic. <laughs> For graduation, I went book smart. For graduation, Tav goes, Mac and Devin go to high school. Next up, I, I by Bonnie Iver. I'm intrigued by your pick here. I want to hear I want to hear your explanation for this. It's the Polar, it's the polar Express. It's <laughs> what do you mean? What, what more explaining I got to do? Uh, I mean, just think about it. 
so you know no, you know the when vibes. they get I, yeah I get yeah the vibes. yeah I certainly just, do. but just think like standing on top of the polar express you're probably freezing your ass off but the cartoon characters don't care so you're standing on top of the polar express looking at the northern lights and i eyes playing in the background and you're just chugging towards santa that's, that's pretty kick-ass chocolate 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 then you hear the just the sense. Fucking Naeem comes on. I uh, it's funny. We were watching Ad Astra, and I and the entire time all I could think of was like I could just set a montage of this movie to I mm-hmm. I and I would really enjoy it. You so, should do that for all the reasons I enjoyed Ad Astra. That's why I picked I I. Mostly the visuals in it too. Everything just felt right. Yeah, no, it did. Like, just it would it would have perfectly fit with uh, I I. I is just a real spacey album. It really is. It's spacey and, and sky, sky nature, sky, nature, yeah. anything natural. It just feels I I. Yeah, no, definitely. So that was our pick four. We'll be back with this segment too. I enjoyed we will. this. I did. Too. I enjoyed it, doing it. It, it was yeah, it figuring was. it out. I think that it all makes sense. I think it all makes sense as well. That's what we do here. That's we what ma- we do here. We, we make, make it sense. all make sense. We make it all make sense. Only us. Only us. <laughs> We're the only ones alive who make it make sense. You ever seen those tweets? Make it make sense? Guess yeah. what? If you listen to this podcast, you will know what sense has been made. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking God. Okay. We should probably hop off our own dick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that was our pick four. Next up, we're going to talk about Umbrella Academy. Ooh. We got to go watch it real quick. We'll be right back. <laughs> so, we have now watched the season two premiere of The Umbrella Academy. Overall, how'd you feel about the episode? Uh, I mean, pretty good. Like, you know, re- reintroduction to mm-hmm. to Umbrella Academy. It was a it was a much needed reintroduction as well. I hadn't watched the first season in a while, and I really felt like I immediately remembered the characters upon watching this episode yeah yeah like they give you a good feel for like how their lives have changed too and like um sort of how like how they're how they're it, it's it was a weird change that they went through so they had a lot of explaining to do they really did they really did so how this is going to work is we're going to do an episode breakdown i'm gonna read my notes that i took as we watched the episode and uh talk about it as we go sound good sounds good all right First, we watch as each member of the family gets displaced at a different point in time, between 1960 and 1963, in the same alley in Dallas, Texas. The last to show up is five, and when he arrives, we see the Umbrella Academy doing absolute work on Soviet soldiers who have invaded the U.S. When Hazel shows up to take five back to the past, the rest of the family is nuked. Hazel explains to five that this event was the end of the world, and now he's taken him ten days earlier to correct it. As Hazel explains how his wife has died and he's left the agency, he gets ran up on and dies. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first part of the show. <laughs> gets popped. Hazel gets popped. Hazel gets popped. Uh, so that scene where we watch them go to work on some Soviet soldiers. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking badass. Yeah, no. I definitely with that. my favorite scene of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we saw Diego with his long ass hair uh-huh. do that twirl spin where he dodged all the bullets and threw knives and all of them at the yeah. same time. Super badass. I was, Anya being the most powerful badass bitch alive. Like, I was kind of hoping that it was like they had already been together, like in a group sort of thing, but I don't think that's how it Turns it went. out it was not the case at all. Yeah. They just, it looked like they were firing on all cylinders. It yeah, looked like it they did. were working really well together. So I was like, oh, they all came together immediately. Yeah. They found each other, and then they were like, let's be a superhero team, guys. Yeah. And then that's not at all what happens, judging by the rest of the episode. Right, <laughs> right. Apparently they linked up sometime yeah. in these 10 days. In these like, 10 days. And like, shit, we got to fight for the USA. <laughs> I suppose. Next, uh, five escapes from this uh, getting ran up on. And uh, he then arrives at a shop, a TV and radio shop, and he enters, where he finds a man who is a conspiracy nut who thinks that he is an alien, and so is the rest of the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> because of the arrivals of these dudes, this dude is gone. Full conspiracy nut. The big flashing light that comes up, they all just happen to plop into the alley. Yeah. Can't really blame them. I'd be, uh, be a little suspicious of what's going on. I would, too. I mean, I'd certainly go full conspiracy nut. <laughs> The man gives him a lead on Diego, and then we get to cut to Diego, who is currently in a mental facility. He 
is in a group therapy session where uh, him and his shitty therapist, <laughs> <laughs> like, that man seemed like a dick for a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was. I mean, I what, mean he, how are you supposed to react, though? You know. Yeah, I mean, Diego was kind of being a nasty <laughs> <him> too. <laughs> I mean, realistic, though. He was telling the truth. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> they were discussing uh, Diego's origins and how he got here and stuff, and Diego bullshits him and asks his partner in crime, Lila, he's like, you think he bought it? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're making some serious progress. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's that's about right for Diego. Yeah. We then see that Diego is dead set on saving JFK from imminent assassination, and that is likely why he is in the facility. <laughs> And then next, Five shows up to talk to him and is like, I see that you got arrested at this address. That's Lee Ar- Lee Harvey Oswald's house. <laughs> got arrested with knives outside yeah. of Lee Harvey Oswald's house. Because in 10 days, the world ends. Maybe some asshole tried to save the president. <laughs> Maybe some asshole. He's like, Diego, I need your help. Yeah. The world ends in 10 days. It's probably because some asshole saved the president. Like, oh. But it might not be. Honestly, that probably might be the red herring. It, it probably is. And I imagine it is. I imagine something that happens after this yeah. is what causes everything. Yeah. That's my prediction as well. And uh, Diego responds, I knew I could do it. <laughs> okay, I'll help you. <laughs> he just wanted to know if he could save the president. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even really care about doing the actual thing, <laughs> which I appreciate about him. Five decides to keep him locked up in the mental facility to prevent him from seeing <laughs> JFK. <laughs> we next see Vanya living with a family who she has told that she can't remember anything. Which I thought was probably a wise move. Don't want to tell them, you know. Yeah. I'm from the future. <laughs> the uh, the dad's a total douchebag. He's like, sales is an art, <laughs> you know. Which, I mean, sales does take some skill. But the way you don't have to be a no, dick about it. No. All right. You don't have to be an asshole. Fucking idiot. Salesmen are always annoying. Yeah, a little bit. They're, they're always a little bit annoying. He comments about how nobody's called and how someone should be looking for her, for Vanya. I was like, well, her entire family's been displaced throughout time. Yeah, that, so that, that'll, that'll I, do something. I wouldn't something. expect anyone that'll to be definitely do something. For her. We then finally cut to Klaus and Ben. Klaus is my favorite character in this show. And uh, their car is broken down on the side of the road. Ben wants to return to San Francisco, but Klaus gets what he wants because, quote, Ben is his ghost bitch. <laughs> he also runs at him and tackles him to the ground after Ben says that nobody cares about him. <laughs> <laughs> so and there was also that part about how he was like, Klaus says, they were so clingy back there. Have you watched the preview for this season? Mm, uh, maybe. I don't remember it. I'm pretty sure Klaus was the leader of a cult in San Francisco. Oh, wow. And that's why he's the way he is. Oh, okay. He's dressed the way he is. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> they were all so clingy back in San yeah. Francisco. <laughs> they were also, that sounds like Klaus, yeah. Yeah, it seems like uh, something he'd definitely say. They then uh, hit a bar while they wait for the next bus to Dallas, which doesn't come until 3 p.m. the next day. And uh, these people don't take kind to Klaus's appearance because they are homophobic rednecks. Klaus hits a game of poker with them where he bets for a man's truck. He loses. And steals the keys anyway. <laughs> Makes it out with the truck, despite Ben's self-actualization and being like, you know what? You can do it all on your own, man. You don't need my help. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> Fucking A. You don't think you could have picked a better time for self-actualization? <laughs> we then cut to Allison living with her new husband, who is a civil rights activist, it seems. And he has uh, a lot of hope riding on JFK, which... Uh, she Allison's she doesn't like, hey, want to. I don't uh, want. I don't want to be the one to break it to you. He don't dies. put all your eggs in that basket, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna die. <laughs> but uh, I definitely would have go. Would have tried to kill Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh no doubt. And then later in the episode, when Diego or earlier in the episode, when Diego's like, "You think you can uh, take me back a few years earlier so I can slit baby Hitler's throat with a knife?" <laughs> I was like, "Jesus, <laughs> goddamn." I mean. You know, when you, you when you figure out you can save the president, it yeah. gives you ideas to, you know, yeah. do all these other sorts of things. Uh, but, yeah, Allison and her uh, new husband seem very happy together. I didn't think she'd ever uh, fall in love with anyone besides her adopted brother. 
Yeah, that was a weird relationship. I never really I liked it. That. I didn't like it either. And I hope this is their way to just be like, forget about it. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, they'll have to bring it up eventually. Luther and her will meet, and he'll be like, oh, you're married. And he'll be yeah. like, she'll be like, yeah. Yeah. You know. So how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the usual shit. Yeah. Because their, their storyline has always been kind of like, probably the most basic in the entire yeah. show yeah. in terms of a romance. But, uh, you know, it works. I'm with it. I mean, not with them. I'm glad she has a new husband, to be honest. We then see uh, Luther partaking in a uh, vicious cockfight where he <laughs> absolutely obliterates a dude who then gets upset and tries to stab him. Very bad move. Have you seen Luther? Yeah, I don't know why. Why he... would you try to stab this man? Why on earth? So he shatters his arm, as one does. Can't blame him in the slightest. No, not at all. It appears that he's working for some sort of uh, mob boss. Was that your Was that your feel of I, that? I, I'm not sure yet. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But because it seemed like something. he was working as like a security, as yeah. a driver. He was kind of just this dude's. I don't know assistant. Yeah. yeah. In all things, he's like you protect me when I need protection. I don't know what he's got over him though. So I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it seemed like there's something there. Yeah. I'm intrigued sure. by it a lot. I look forward to that storyline. I, I was never a huge fan of Luther me in the either. first season. Who I was always more of a uh, Klaus, Diego, Vanya mm-hmm. guy. Those are my three. Yeah. I like them. And five, you know. He's an old dude trapped in like a t- 12-year-old. Body. I keep forgetting that, yeah. Or, I mean, uh, 16, I don't know. Fuck. What, what age are kids, you know? Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he looks young. <laughs> uh Allison's husband and their civil rights group are planning out a strategy for their sit-in when a nosy white man comes a-knocking on their door and when he's acting a fool, tries to accuse her husband of assault and tries to punch him. Allison beats that ass. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I don't remember what she sa- what he said, but he's like, she basically was like, I felt real good. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I- I'm glad I beat that I, I beat that racist white yeah. man's ass. And I can't believe uh, he it. said so much for um, honor and... Um Dignity, and she said him first. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah. That man's a douchebag. Vanya and Sissy then meet in the kitchen where uh, Sissy's uh, smoking a little bit. Talk, talk a little bit. And she's like, I didn't know you had a wild side talk, like that, talk. Sissy. I didn't know you was wild like that. <laughs> and then they uh, they they get into a pretty serious talk about uh, Sissy's marriage and how she thinks that one day Carl's going to leave her. I was like, if anything, honey, you should leave him. Yeah, yeah. Take the kid. Get out of there. <laughs> Just get out of there. Just get out of there. That's what I'm saying. But uh, I like their friendship. Yeah. They seem they seem to have grown pretty close pretty quick. Yeah. And I dig that. And plus, she was willing to take Vanya in uh-huh. when she didn't have any memories. She's obviously a pretty good person. Yeah. What would you do if you just found someone who didn't have any memories and they were like, I can't remember anything. Will you help me? I mean, I would help them, you know. As much, as best as I could. I don't... I don't... Like, what do I do? At that point, I, like, I really do feel like eventually, like, I... Or, I, like, my first thought would be, like, so, like, what you thinking, you know? Like, how you want to get started up again <laughs> in life? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, should I play you a few songs? Yeah. <laughs> what year were you born? I don't know. Like, well, no, I'd just be like, well, like, I don't you, remember. How long? <laughs> like, I don't know if this is an appropriate question to ask. How long is it going to take you to get over the uh, absence of memories of a past life? <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> a, I mean, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah. Uh, so, like, you want to, like, where are you going to work? <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a job. <laughs> trying to pay rent around. Like, here. what do you want to do? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what I liked. All right. Uh, next, we see Diego walking down the hall. Oh, wait. I skipped a paragraph. We next cut to Diego locked up in a straitjacket in a room he cannot escape. Or so we think. So he we separates think. his shoulder out of socket and gets out of the straitjacket, then picks the lock with one hand. Not so inescapable. <laughs> <laughs> he walks down the hall with his shoulder hanging on by a thread, and it was absolutely fucking disgusting <laughs> to look at. And then we uh, cut to the milkman. Milkman uh, delivers this guy's milk. He's like, it's a little bit late for milk, right? And he's like, yeah, but yeah. special delivery bullets in your chest. It's about <laughs> time for your death, though. Yeah, <laughs> and they uh, they pump this dude full of lead, and then they uh, they get moving. They're moving around the, uh, around the mental hospital. These are the guys who shot Hazel earlier, too. I liked Hazel. He's a good dude. 
We then see uh, Diego walking down the hall when he gets caught by a uh, one of the nurses there, and he uh, he <laughs> acts like he's sleepwalking. Uh, and when this dude's not falling for it, he is saved by Lila, who knocks this dude the fuck out. They proceed to make out. Ah, psych. Not actually going to kiss. She's just putting a shoulder back in the socket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty move. Yeah. He was like, he was like, oh fuck yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then she was like, <laughs> that's horrifying. And then she howled. Sucked. Yeah, and then she howled very loud, letting the gunman know that we're here. Hey, we're queer. Right here, guys. <laughs> the dudes find Diego and Lila and start shooting. They have no idea who they are. Diego lets out all of the mental facilities' patience for a distraction. <laughs> All the patients, uh, oh wait, no, I skipped another paragraph, my bad. Uh, they run into a couple of cops who act like cops, yep. and Lila beats that ass, yep. which I appreciated, because the cop was like, you're a mental patient, obviously you're the problem. <laughs> so that's, how, that's, like, what they, that's how they did it back then. Eh, back then. And no. <laughs> and uh, next we cut to a club. Where Luther's hanging around, doing his job and shit. Five pays him a visit, tells him he needs his help to stop the world from ending. To which he responds, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Cut the <to> black. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. It was a solid episode of television. It was, yeah. No, I think uh, they, they just had a lot of backstory work to do and from here. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a major setup. Sway of the arc. Major setup episode. Yeah. I... I, I they have 10 days. 10 days? Seems like this, this show's going to have to be all gas. Oh, yeah. It it will. And just like last That season. seems to be a trend, though, among like most shows that I watch now, I feel like, is they're really, like, they Especially the superhero action-y shows. People want to binge, and, like, they're like, we're just going to do this as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Especially a, a Netflix series. They're gonna Especially have. Netflix, yeah. But we're going to take our time with it, week by week. Week by week, day by, by day. By week, you will listen to us talk about Umbrella Academy. Next week, we will be doing season two, episode two. But right now, we're going to do a different segment called Under the Umbrella. I'm going to ask you, what part of this episode reminded you of you? Did you relate to anything here? Luke Skywalker line. Dude, the Luke Skywalker line was strong. It was just, yeah, it just had because like I'm constantly saying things. And I'm like, oh, you wouldn't get it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he's in 1963. He makes a, a Star Wars reference, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And he's, he's like, "That was a kick-ass reference, but you wouldn't get it yet." <laughs> he's from the future. Yeah, he's from the future. Duh. So when he says things like that, they're like, "This is why you're in a mental facility." Yeah, <laughs> Who right. Who the fuck is Luke Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> the part that I relate to is when he is uh, walking down the hall. Diego is walking down yeah. the hall in the m- mental facility. The guy catches him and he goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Uh, sleepwalking." <laughs> <laughs> and he acts like he's sleepwalking. Yeah, and, like, stumbles. Yeah, I felt I, I felt like I related to Diego there. Yeah, he switched up real quick there. That was that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so both of us, Diego, this week. Both of us, Diego. We'll see next episode. Diego is a vibe. Diego is a vibe. I fuck with Diego. <laughs> who are your Who are Patient. your favorite uh, characters in the show? You think? Um, honestly, like I really fuck with Five. Five. Five's dope. He's straight to the point. He's like he's like obviously a sixty-something-year-old yeah. man in the body of a fifteen-year-old. Right. But a, like one that's got his shit together. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, five, and then um, my bad. Uh, Anya, Anya probably. And what? Anya. Vanya. Vanya. Vanya's fucking dope. Vanya. I like Klaus a lot. Yeah. Klaus, Vanya, cool Klaus and uh, Diego. Those are my dudes. And Dudette. But Allison and <laughs> Luther. I haven't hopped on the train yet. No, no, I don't know if I will. I just feel like too like their their powers are at least interesting. Well, Allison's got some crazy shit on her. Uh, yeah, but she's like rumor has it. Oh, <laughs> she, yeah. It I heard seems a rumor. like she develops it, but like to this point she's all like, I heard a rumor I blew your mind and then these dudes brains exploded. To the, to this point all all I've really seen her use her powers for is just some bullshit. Yeah, and Luther's just a really big dude yeah, and strong. Yeah, kind of big. It's just straightforward like Uh but the the overall least compelling character just because he's appeared the least is Ben. I forgot, like, he yeah. popped up, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I forgot that dude existed. Me too. 
Like he's but, the only one I didn't remember. Yeah. But then I then as the story progressed, I remember Klaus brought him back, and he has to stay mm-hmm. close to Klaus and stuff like that because yeah. he's the only reason he has a body. And Klaus is also the only one who could see him, right? Yeah, I think so. Unless well, he like he can materialize. He can materialize as a spirit and stuff, mm-hmm. which is dope. Yeah, I would have fucked with him if he you know didn't die. <laughs> well, shame on him for dying, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know, shame. I would have fucked with him if he didn't die. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. All right, well, this was our first episode of Umbrella Academy Review. So, uh, next week, you can expect our movie review to be about an American pickle with uh, Seth Rogen on HBO Max. It's a kick-ass movie, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Very, very funny. An American pickle. An American pickle. And then we're going to have a uh, two protect, seven attack next week. Yes, that's right. You're welcome. (laughs) All the applause is appreciated. And then Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 2. Watch that this week. Come back. We'll talk about it. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Boop, bop. (laughs) You'll get that if you watch American Pickle. (laughs) All right. Peace, love, bloom, and, uh, of course, praise Keanu Reeves. Yes. Always do that, no matter what. I'm Colton Robertson. That's Tavares Pennington. What's up? This has been the oh, Penny Blue goodbye. Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>